the High Plains, the Dust Bowl, the Great American Desert, Comancheria, home. I've called the Flatlands this for nearly all of my 28 years, and it is its own place. The characters are probably sitting right next to you, or living down the street. Wherever they are, these are their uncensored stories. Folks of here, the revolving vagabonds that create beautiful things out of the short grass and the powdered dust of the flatlands. Some are truth, some are myth. All of them are real though, and they are the stories of us all. The good, the bad. About a month ago after a show at Hoots in Amarillo, uh, I got to sit down and talk with uh, Joshua Ray Walker out of East Dallas. Sadly, uh, I was hoping to do the, the interview before the show because uh, he was opening, mainly, uh, for American Aquarium there. And it was a Sunday night, and I had work the next morning, but had to wait till after the show. So it's about 1 a.m. We're both both a little drunk and doing an interview in a, in his car with a handheld and the air conditioners running and all that kind of stuff. And it's my second podcast that I ever recorded and first one that I'm going to release. So apologize for that content. Uh, that time he opened up for American Aquarium, I uh, just come off a string of shows around Texas opening up for them, BJ and the boys. Uh, he released his self-titled debut here back in early 2019, man, blew me away. I say that several times, I believe, or something to that effect. He's also a member of a band out of East Dallas called the Ottoman Turks. They have a new single, Glass Bottles. It's out all all platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, what have you, here and there, YouTube. Um, they have a new album coming out August 23rd on State Fair Records. So be sure to check that out. Uh, I'm going to play a few songs before I start the interview off uh, Joshua's debut album, Canyon and Working Girl probably play a couple after maybe a live one or two i'm not sure so ladies and gentlemen joshua ray walker So you, you're uh, I'm I'm a self-professed like geek in this shit. I love country music. I love songs, and I was telling you earlier at the bar taking some shots. Uh, I didn't hear about you at all until you know like Christmas of 2018-ish this year. That record dropped in 2019, and it was like shit, man. Like that made an immediate impression on me, and obviously it did on the dude you're opening for. Like uh, I don't like where. Cause I, I don't know you and it's it's kind of weird like I don't know anything about this cat at all um, and I know a lot of shit about people that I shouldn't know that I listen to so where do you come from like how the hell um, yeah where, where the hell did you come from it, it, it seemed out of nowhere to, to most even the serious fans of this area um, and this type of music you came out of nowhere and where did you come from I guess is my question 
Yeah, I, uh, well, I'm from East Dallas, right and I've been playing this shit for, um, about seven years. This, a lot of the songs you heard tonight have been written over the last five to ten years, and I've been taking it seriously for about five to seven, I guess, and right leading up to doing my solo stuff, I had played lead for other bands for a long time. Uh... Mainly local stuff, um, but I was always like a sideman. I was playing lead for people. I still do that. I play in a band called Ottoman Turks right now. Yeah, um, right on there, badass. Check them out, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we got oh, yeah. a record coming out in August. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I just write, and I, I played a lot. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was booking my own shows. I played for tips a lot, and over the years, just kind of learned the business a little bit um and so i guess i'd kind of built up this small following in north texas um before anybody could actually hear my music because i didn't have anything available online for sure so i had people excited about what i was doing so when i did release a record all those people uh told their friends and talked about it on social media and all that stuff and it, it kind of had a grassroots push behind it um and i think that's how i went from being a nobody where you couldn't find my music anywhere online like there's no way you could have known who i was because i wasn't playing in this for, area for sure um to opening up for like national touring acts in the same yeah. town so um i mean luck is part of it yeah. and uh i'm just i don't know it really the the album um kind of exceeded all my expectations and it's taken me really far in a short amount of time and it's it's what i always wanted so it's, it's been awesome definitely and that's like a that that's yeah i would echo that sentiment as a fan um and, and it, it, it caught me off guard and uh one thing i'm you know i'm not tooting your horn uh I, i'd say this if i didn't know you whatever uh when i heard your voice especially particularly on lot lizard the song badass song uh I, I showed it to one of my buddies who's not a fan. He's a fan of like oldies and shit. And he was like, what what year is that from? And I was like, 2019. He, was, he said, fuck you, it's from fucking 72. And I was like, yeah, people don't sound like that anymore. But your voice is, is, uh, is a transcendental type of thing. I, I, I feel like that, I don't know. Um, so yeah, where did you come from? Literally, you've told that. Uh, what's your kind of like, you're a songwriter, but you're also a very, very competent musician as well to where you are right now so you obviously come from somewhere very very prominent where where did you get that that whatever Style you have stuff. whatever you have yeah sorry I, um, yeah i think uh i just really started listening to old music at a, at a young age like i grew up on bluegrass records right, yeah that's uh, that chicken picking um, shit oh yeah and um i loved really kind of dramatic singers like I loved Elvis and Roy Orbison and yeah. and stuff like that um, and you know I love slow sad songs um, and then I started digging into Texas songwriters in my like late teens mm -hmm. I found Towns and Guy Clark uh. and Billy Joe for the first time and um, like I'd always focused on 
like the music kind of telling a story and having emotion and stuff like mm-hmm. I actually wrote instrumental like post-rock type music like explosions in the sky sound okay stuff. I, I'm, I love explosions in the sky so yeah, yeah hell yeah, yeah. Right so that I played stuff like that yeah that that uh sorry that Friday Night Lights sound Texas and in I, football and I shit. wanted yeah. to like write songs that had conveyed all these emotions without any lyrics right because mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a feat on its own for sure um and so when I found those writers, what I realized is like they're telling these really elaborate stories that everyone can relate to with really simple words and really few words. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was something I really wanted to try to do. And it took a long time and my songs change all the time. If you had recorded this album six years ago, probably half the lyrics would have been different. So I'm always changing, like the songs awesome. aren't really done until they're recorded. Um, I'm always changing phrases and changing out words and, and whatever. And that, that happened because there was a couple times, yeah, singing along to your show tonight. It was like, oh, uh, uh, was it different? I was like, there was a See, couple, like, there I mean, was like a word. I was like, oh, damn it, I fucked that up. But it's like, wait, no, on the album, it's it's this. So, yeah, yeah that's, so like, they just, awesome. they always, they continue to change. The story builds as, as you, as you grow the story, your stories grow. Right. Which, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. And so I just, I don't know. I realized, like, hey, I can do this thing I'm trying to do with music, with words, too. Uh, and it took me a long time to not hate what I was writing. <laughs> so, That's awesome. You yeah, know, yeah. like, I didn't start doing it in front of people uh, for two or three years after I'd started writing. And then Damn. I started playing in front of people and only had a handful of songs. But people, you know, reacted to them well, and they were well-liked. Like, I kept doing it. And um, I just, I try to write. A lot of my songs are simple like mm-hmm. the chord progressions and stuff for sure yeah um which i mean that's country music it's not too heady yeah it's not yeah. too heady yeah but i like to think that my melodies and my arrangements and stuff tell a story as well as the lyrics like it all kind of goes together yeah and i agree as a fan that's yeah. my favorite part is just like um creating like a whole piece of music for someone to enjoy that's awesome um and the album as a whole too like i like I feel like that first album flows well. Like, you can listen to it all the way through. And I love that. And I feel like uh, with modern music, not necessarily in this genre, but with modern music, albums as a whole... Like, totally. ...aren't really focused on as much Mm because people know that people are going to listen to singles and they're going to go on Spotify and listen to things out of order. Mm -hmm. So I just... I wanted to make an album that... You know, it was one one piece of music, like from front to back. It was a, it's just, it's a story from beginning in. Or, and I, because I feel the same way you do. Like people have lost albums, but that that makes me want the people that I listen to. Like y'all tell such damn good stories. Tell it in one song for sure, and then expound on it from the album. That's how you get recognition. That's what I feel like your record did. Is like I can listen to, you know, Working Girl or Trouble or Canyon. And that's a story in and of itself, but taken in the context of the whole album, it's a chapter. That's right. what's beautiful. Do you feel that way? Is that what you're trying to accomplish? Is that like your kind of goal? I don't know where I'm going with that, but yeah. Yeah, I guess I have this kind of fictional world in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of timeless 70s world where all the characters are kind of down on their luck for sure yeah interacting with each other um and i just kind of pluck characters and stories from that 
world that I have in my head. That's awesome. But all those people in that world are all influenced by like encounters I've had and people I know and and interactions with other humans and you know just like um, I don't know I guess I daydream a lot so. M- microcosms of the human experience I think. right like you you can find a common thread between like multiple people that you've had experiences with and it you realize it all kind of has to do with one thing and so I kind of blend all those people together into one and make a character and then write a story about that hell yeah I dig the fuck out of that man hell yeah um, so I know you gotta get down the road we're doing this after show whatever um, the biggest question I have um, kind of like like kind of a motivation behind this podcast me is like a creative non-creative uh, I am personally of the persuasion that the place the place and you know where where you are, where you're from, what truly makes you the land, the geography, like the physical mm-hmm. things, influences us far, far greater than most of us give it credit for. And I feel like the artists that I know and listen to and interact with, that's not true. They recognize like my place is what I am. And do you feel like that or not? I, I guess it, yeah. I guess you'd talk so about that. landscape doesn't play into it as much because I'm from the city. Mm-hmm. I'm from Dallas. Right on. But um, yeah, the the neighborhood I grew up in, I, I feel like it, I bring it up in um, interviews a lot because it really shaped um, my taste mm-hmm. for not just music, but just like food and culture and people and a greater, everything. Yeah, greater. And also like, it, I feel like I. I was I grew up in a area where you had to be we didn't have to be open-minded but it was very easy to be open-minded yeah because I grew up in a melting pot in East Dallas and like that's just how it was like you yeah you'd go out in the morning on a weekend and you'd hear Vicente Fernandez or you know whatever and, yeah. which I love they were playing that in the bar tonight yeah yeah no I heard uh, that yeah. for Sunday hell yeah and, one dude like, fucking hell god damn it and I was like you know it reminds me of East Dallas and going to quinceaneras and <laughs> like I don't know walking down to the bakery and eating yeah Mexican wedding cookies and, <laughs> oh yeah dude like, I, you know, I, oh just, god bless that was my yeah. childhood and um I don't know I, I feel like that that definitely shaped me and it just made me more interested in people that I think get overlooked a lot yeah pe- um, poor people it's poor people good music I grew up in a, good music yeah. is poor people music that's I like that's what you're yeah. trying to say yeah don't be ashamed to say yeah poor poor people music is good music across the board and I grew up in a in a poor neighborhood and that was just the demographic I grew up in right. and I guess um, there's just a lot of people who overlook those people and they all have such interesting stories like talk to the guy who's drinking a 40 outside your convenience (laughs) store i guarantee you he has great stories he hasn't been there for 20 years he's been there for a year and a half if you yeah you know if you have writer's block just go talk to that guy and then write stories about his life oh yeah which you know because you're gonna you're gonna get great material and not that he's just you know not that you should rip off his you know, life story or whatever, but um, there's respect that comes with yeah. like or, I res- or yeah. capitalize on his yeah, you know, his uh misfortune misfortune yeah. yeah. But 
you know, those, I just, those are the people who I love and I'm drawn to. And, you know, if there's an old lady sitting at the end of the bar alone at a weird dive bar, I'm probably going to go talk to her <laughs> for a couple hours. Like I, I just, those are the people I find interesting. That's awesome, um, and that's what a lot of the characters in my songs are like. They're just kind of, um, amalgamations of all those people kind of rolled together. They are us. Yeah. And cause I feel like those people, those are just real, those are real people. They tell it like it is. They feel all the same things we do and they'll, they admit to it yeah. more than, they're not scared more than, you know, your, your white collar, you know, church on Sunday crowd. Uh, um, so I don't know. I feel like you don't have to have small talk with those people. No, there is there is none. You know, yeah. you sit down and they're gonna tell you they just got evicted, and then you're gonna talk about your life. You're not gonna talk about uh, whatever. I got bullshit. shit to do. I got right. shit to do. Yeah, like yeah. we don't have time to talk about the weather. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I don't know, East Dallas. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what else more. Actually, you gotta get down the road. Uh, I'm hoping to do this again when we got more time in a better setting. This is this is the second one. This is gonna be second one, man. Awesome. So uh, yeah. I'm What's the name of it again? Panhandle Coops Flatline Music Hour. Cool. But yeah, I don't, I don't just know what else to ask you. I gotta fucking go to some more shows. If you get, do you have some well, more shit to say? Uh, I don't know. We talked about my background, musical background. Um. Uh, you want to talk about like shit that's coming up this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you have coming up? Uh, you're playing these dates with Aquarium. Um, obviously this, yeah. BJ, goddamn, God bless that dude. Great fucker. Yeah, he's he's been really great to me and given me a lot of opportunities. Um, like I said, this record exceeded my expectations. Like yeah. it, it got me a radio person and a a publicist and a so awesome a, a booking agent. Most importantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm out here on the road full time, playing as much as I can, playing in front of as many people as I can, oh, yeah. and just doing what I want to do. I mean, it's what I've been doing, but it's just on a grander scale now. And um, BJ reached out directly before I, I, I ended up on the same booking agent. See that he's on. Right. Um, Hell yeah. Because I'm sure because he put a word in, but yeah, I'd been talking to them previously also and um kind of a, what, what his tattoo says work hard get lucky that's right. kind of the mantra of like right our, all our people i guess right for lack of a better term yeah and so um yeah like he he just happened to tweet about me back in like early december i guess yeah and that's when that, that's how that's literally how what he's saying is like literally how I found my geeky ass fucking found out right. about it which is stupid. crazy because like <laughs> I also I don't I wish that I didn't have to use social media really yeah like I'm just not a very uh I wouldn't use technology much if I didn't have to but I love connecting with fans and it's been a great tool and I actually have learned to like share real things about myself on social media which I wouldn't have done before because I've figured out people want yeah. To know me, which is cool. Uh-huh. I just wouldn't have assumed people wanted to know me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't give a fuck about my stories. Like, oh no, like stories are cool. Like, everybody right. loves stories. Yeah, and you have a cool ass one. Yeah. And so I've been using it more since that happened because I'm just like, okay, this is actually like a powerful tool and I can use it to like, you know, spread my music around. But uh, so he hit me up on 
or he tweeted about me and then I reached out to him and thanked him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he happened to be playing in Texas like an hour and a half from my house that weekend. So he invited me to come out and see the show. We hung out a little bit in the green room and then like the next day um, I got an offer to open for American Aquarium at Cannes Ballroom at the end of December. Yeah. Um, and that month... Um, I'd probably played to like 150 people, maybe, mm-hmm. at the beginning of that month. And just in December, I got to open for Coulter in my hometown. And then he invited me up the next night to go open for him in Oklahoma City. And then I went home and played to almost no one in, in Dallas at a brewery gig. And then went right back out on the road to play Kane's Ballroom with American Aquarium. And then ever since then, like, I've had a pretty steady stream of large club and theater shows. But, like, up until December, I had a couple good headlining shows in Dallas. But, like, I was playing three- and four-hour gigs in the corner of small bars and restaurants. Because those were the only gigs I could get where I could figure out how to, like, make money, you know? And not and not uh, necessarily really making just right breaking even when right, you're saying right. making money you mean breaking even at best and so um because I just I just didn't know how to get in bigger venues I didn't know how to promote myself yeah. I didn't know what I was doing I realized that now at the time I thought I was doing okay <laughs> um, and so yeah it's just this the last six months I've just been a whirlwind and it's been insane and I'm playing with a bunch of artists that I listen to and I'm playing all these venues that I've heard about for years I got to play Lukenbach Dance Hall I got Uh, to play Green Hall um like you you thought those were like like I didn't Mecca like as like as far as as, as close as Mecca I didn't think I would ever play Green Hall that's, um, that's the holy church, man, of Texas. Anyways, yeah. I feel like you know you got the you got the Grand Ole Opry, but Green Hall is our holy it's, church. It's our it's our Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, you know? for sure. And and I got to play there twice this summer already. So it's just, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm extremely grateful and happy for everything that's happening, but at the same time, I'm just as hungry as I was before any of this happened so for sure which I think is good and healthy and I'm happy I'm in a good spot like I can now my goals were chart on Americana get a Texas single you know play a 400 cap room stuff like that and and now my goals are you know in the next five years play Red Rocks, get on late night TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sell 20,000 units. Something Mm -hmm. like that. Different. Other than I'm just, I feel accomplished, which is great. But I felt pretty accomplished when I was playing 250 shows a year, making a living playing in in restaurants too. So it's just, um, I don't know. I think the, the key to success is just not quitting. That's really all it is. Like as long as you don't suck, and you don't stop playing. The only way you can fail at playing at being my dudes. Like my other band, Ottoman Turks, is doing shit right now. And yeah, go check them out. They're badass. Um, by the way, there's so many good writers in Dallas right now. Like not just. I mean, my close friends, and I'm not being biased, are amazing writers. And then 
there's this whole other network of writers that I wish I knew better, but I just haven't been home much. And Honorable Maynard, uh, Colton Ayers, Nathan Mongo Wells, Billy Law, Ryan Berg. Um, fucking, there's just so many young guys writing great music in DFW right now. Vincent Neil Emerson's blown up this year. That's, that's one of my the, good friends. Yeah, I know that. I know um, that name. I didn't know the other ones. And so it's just the scene in North Texas right now is insane. Like after South by Southwest happened, there was a Rolling Stone article that came out. Um, Fort Worth is fucking everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't just. Uh, Rolling Stone Country. It was actually like you know the big the Rolling Stone, the, the Hunter Hunter S. Thompson Rolling yeah. Stone. Hell yeah! And um, and they did like thirty best things they saw at South by Southwest. And I remember because I'm weird and I do stuff like this. Oh, same. I, I'm, I counted. I'm a geek. Yeah. I counted in eleven. Like there are seventy something countries represented at South by. Yeah. And eleven of the thirty acts that Rolling Stone picked were all from North were from North Texas. That's so awesome. And and I think it was a valid list. Yeah. I mean it's Yeah, it, it was, was Joshua solid. Ray Paul Walker. Coffin is uh, ladies I mean, gentlemen. Yeah. Dude, we need to do, uh, he's we'll awesome. do a longer one. Uh, catch him on the um, road. Uh, a few upcoming place. shows, some in the area, some not, depending on where you're at. Uh, where you're listening from June 22nd at Cheatham Street in San Marcos. June 27th at the 1884 Lounge in Memphis, Tennessee. That's opening for Charlie Crockett. Uh, June 29th, Kane's Ballroom, home of Bob Wills, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Again, open up for Charlie Crockett. Uh, Old Quarter Acoustic in Galveston on July 17th. Um... That's in the next few months. He's got shows after that. Check him out. Buy the record. Stream it. Uh, listen to it. Request it. Whatever. Get out.